Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation fan page podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland and proud supporter of Texas Tech University. Let's meet today's hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Guns Up Nation podcast. This is one of your hosts, Keith Abbott. I am so excited to be here today to celebrate with you. I mean, we, we've had a great spring, as you all know. We've had a lot of success in a lot of student athletic organizations. The basketball team has been great. The baseball team has been great. But I want to turn the page today and talk about another group of awesome student athletes and their coach that are on the Texas Tech campus. And I would like to introduce Coach Bruce Bills. Bruce, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for having me on tonight. I'm so glad that you're on. Very excited to have you. Uh, Lots of success over the last several years, and I really am excited to get to visit with you and celebrate the the cheer group, the stunt, and also Raider Red, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yes. Awesome. That is correct. I have about uh, 54 students that I oversee. Wow, that's a lot of folks. It is. It's a lot of fun, too. (laughs) I bet so. Now, in addition to being a coach at Tech, um, you were also a student and a cheerleader at Tech. Were Were you not? Yes, okay. I cheered for Tech on the co-ed squad from 2003 to th- 2006. And they just wouldn't let you go. That's right. I didn't want to leave, so I just hung on until they finally hired me full-time. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. So, so tell, walk us through that. Tell us about how the experiences as a student athlete and a, and a student uh, at Tech and in the cheer organization kind of got you to where you are today. Sure, yeah. I yeah, Like I said, I started in 2003 and just absolutely – fell in love with the university. Of course, I grew up in West Texas, uh, coming to athletic events and watching the cheerleaders and just knowing that and hope for someday that I would be there. And um, it came to reality in 2003 and had a great time. Um, during those times, a lot of travel experiences, the teams, both basketball teams with the Sweet 16 um, multiple times. Uh, football was great success and just a lot of fun opportunities that I um, was a part of and um, just wanted to stay with it. And I volunteered as an assistant coach um, for five years after that and also worked with the Palm Squad there for a couple years in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, 2011, I became the head cheer and mascot coach um, and uh, loved every second of it um, through the Good days and bad days, you know, it's a learning opportunity. <laughs> right. Um, I always want to get better, just like I challenged my athletes to, you know, be better next time. Let's work today so tomorrow's better. And that's what I want as well. And so um, getting started here, um, fell in love with, like I said, tech, the passion for cheerleading in the sport um, and just seeing it evolve over the years uh, because some of the skills that I did, you know, way surpassed now. And so it, it's amazing that. to see what these um, college athletes are doing now. I tell you, just just watching them, and and I've seen you know some of the the clips of the the championship performance, and it's just it's mind boggling the talent that they have. It's just it's yes. like you say, it's a whole new level from when I was at college there. So not that they weren't fantastic, right. but it's <laughs> everything gets better, you know. And right. it's, it's that's the that's the beauty of it, and that's the beauty of of being a student athlete is just pushing that envelope and and going further and further out. So exactly. pretty neat. So walk us through that, uh, like a, a day in the life of a Division One college cheerleader. I mean, they are trying to balance academics. They're trying to balance sports. Just just like you mentioned, you're, you're making visits and appearances to not just the the uh, the football and the basketball, but the soccer is out there and everything. So walk us through what a day in the life of a Division One cheerleader would be like. 
Sure, yeah. It kind of depends on the day, what the schedule is, but just an overview of the schedule. We practice at 6 a.m. in the mornings, um, and this is new starting last uh, January hmm. uh, when the Coliseum came down. And okay. so that's where we were housed, um, practicing um, with that change, we uh, got moved over to the rec center okay. and working with their schedules and what the student demand is during the day, it was just not feasible for us. And so right. we made a shift to the morning time, which was a little bit of adjustment, um, but it works. And there's a lot of positives about that. And so I appreciate all the administration and rec center for working us in there, but we start at six. We have about two hour practice because um, we have to get done by eight o'clock because several students have classes. Mm -hmm. And our students, like all the athletes, they are full-time students. Um, they have to take at least 12 hours. Most of them are in um, 14 to 16 hours, um, just trying to get their degrees. And that's what we want. We always want to pu push the academic progress and being success in the classroom. Um, you know, And I tell them, I want you to have that degree and that Texas Tech ring on your finger and donate back to the program. You know, that's how you're going to make the money. Get that degree and then get back to the university. So um, co-ed squad, uh, we have two cheer squads. Co-ed squad, they practice Monday and Wednesday mornings. And then the all-girl squad practices Tuesday and Thursday mornings. Okay. Um, and then Thursday afternoons on home football game weeks, we have a joint cheer practice. So both squads are together um, getting ready for that home football game um, that Saturday. Okay. And you told us the total amount of cheerleaders in total on the teams. Break it down for us. So how many are on the co-ed squad versus the, the all-female? Sure. Yes. The For the co-ed squad, I have 27 total. I have 12 female cheerleaders and 15 male cheerleaders. Okay. Um, and kind of a breakdown with that, um, there's 14 first years and then eight second year, and then five, third year. This is a relatively young squad because mm -hmm. um, I don't have any fourth years on that squad. Mm -hmm. Last year, I graduated 17 wow. um, athletes out of our program. Man. Um, and with those, we had several fourth years and a lot of third years um, that have been around and very proud of them for you know their commitment to their program and then finally graduating too. So this is a new um, younger squad, but they are still just as talented. Um, on the co-ed side there too. Um, the all-girls squad have 23 mm -hmm. uh, members. We have 10 first years and then five second year, four third year, and then also four fourth years. So there we do have a couple of uh, senior members on that squad. Right. So. so are there are there certain captains with each within each group? I do. We have um, certain squad leaders. Okay. Um, they're broken into smaller groups just for game coverage because we can't have everybody at every basketball game and um, right. soccer games and volleyball games. And so they're broken into smaller groups and each one of them have squad leaders um, that I'll make sure they know the game plan and that I'll go to first if we need to adjust anything during games. Oh, I can imagine with, with multiple events going on across campus and not just sports events, but you're, there's appearances all over the place in organizations, you know, even community organizations, you have to have that, that breakdown and that coordination to make sure everybody's on the same page and, and you're covering as much as you can. Cause it's a, it's a group that's high in demand. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Last year um, we did 147 public appearances Golly. plus the athletic games, um, which we did about 74 athletic games. So, you know, they, these are busy students. So going back to the 
kind of the day in the life of, it really just kind of depends on what day it is um, and how busy you are. Um, yeah. You know, you do start at the six. And then um, we also have squad workouts um, that um, they do three days a week. And it's it rotates kind of depending on what um, squad you're on, uh, male, female, and they they go together and they do um, strength and conditioning workouts Okay. Um, on top of our skill practice too. So. Gotcha. So in addition to you as the head coach, are, do you have other individuals that help coach? I know that you mentioned that you were a volunteer coach at one time. Mm-hmm. Do you have other people that help you when you're coordinating and getting ready for competitions and the like? Yes, I do. I have, um, for the co-ed squad, I have two volunteer assistant coaches and then the all girl squad, I have one. Okay. Um, so I have three total assistant coaches that help, um, at practices and then national preparation, um, for that, but also have a spirit program director that is in the office with me and um, does a lot of the administration um, and the support um, on the back end. You know, she doesn't do all the skill stuff at practice. She's comes to a lot of practices and support and supports the program and the students and myself. Um, but she does a lot of the administrative type work that uh, takes a load off of what I have to do. Yeah, because that that could be a full time job right there. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, well, so run us through. You've had a lot of success, a lot of accolades in the last several years. Why don't you walk us through some of the some of the success that the teams had? Sure. Yeah. Uh, in 2017, we won our first national competition, um, national champions there, and then we did it again this past um, April. And uh, so won two titles, and that's on the national stage. But overall, talking about from when I cheered in 2003, uh, we had roughly. 10 guys and maybe 12 to 15 girls, you know, that were on the cheer squad. Mm -hmm. And that was all we had. We just had the co-ed squad. Um, And then uh, as in addition to the Palm squad, but talking cheerleaders. um, And then over the years, um, working with administrators and Stephanie, our spirit program director, um, we've really had the opportunity and opportunity to grow Mm -hmm. the program to the 50 athletes that we have now. And so that's a personal accomplishment that we are able to um, service the university more with more students. You know, more students we have, the more coverage we can have, and they can be split and cover multiple things. Because sometimes, like we have a soccer game and a volleyball game at the same time, or um, football and volleyball, you know, there's just sometimes the overlapping um, sports to where we got to have more bodies to right. fill that. And so that's a personal highlight for us um, that we're able to do that uh, and just grow the program to represent the university more. I was at part of the spirit coordinating committee on the campus in the late nineties. And you're mm-hmm. right. I mean, what's one of the things that I've noticed about the program is the size. It's just, it's so impressive to see the size from when I was there to what it is today. So what was, who was the person, was it you or who was the one that just said, let, let, let's let this thing grow. Let's, let's charge this thing to grow into a really elite organization and a larger size. Where, where did that, where did that conversation start? Well, um, back in around, I would say, 2008, um, I was assistant coach and w- uh, the, with the former head coach as well as our director, Stephanie. We, we kept asking, we're like, we, we, we need an all-girls squad. Mm-hmm. In this West Texas area, a lot of high schools are all-girl. Makes and, sense. And so we're in, in cheerleading. Um, to kind of give your listeners some reference, you don't want – a squad full of all quarterbacks, right? You know, each position on the squad, you kind of, you know, you have your quarterbacks, you have your running backs, you have your defensive ends, you know, all those tough uh, positions, same thing with cheer. And so with the all girl squad, they're just, 
train different. There are different elements and skills that they can do um, different um, levels too across the board that um, we wanted to just really target again to grow the um, university student body, you know, and mm -hmm. that's what we were very proud of doing too. Um, but with the all girls squad, we kept asking and asking, can we get this? Can we get this? You know, we would do a proposal. Can we fund it? Can we, you know, all that type of thing. And so then in 2012, um, our vice provost, um, allowed us to do it. We started off with a 12 member squad and, um, saw the success of that. We bumped it up a little bit to 15 and then we're up to the 23 that we have now hmm. um, with that. And so that's kind of how that happened. Co-ed has always fluctuated between the 30 and 35 um, students on there. This year we took just a little bit less just because we wanted um, a smaller group to really enhance and focus and develop in the right way, especially since they were so young, you know, academic wise first years. Right. Um, and so that's when we took the 27, but, um, so that's, that conversation started way back in 2008. Okay. Um, it, I say way back, it doesn't seem that long ago, but it just kind of evolved. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're, when you're growing this organization, you're looking obviously to, to not only, like you say, fulfill the, the commitments that you have all over the place, but obviously your, your goal, stretch goal was to make this an, an elite nationally recognized organization. So tell us about how you have helped transform this team into the national, I, I'm just going to call it a powerhouse because it is into the national powerhouse it is today and take us through the steps that you have to go through to get that team ready to, to uh, perform on that stage. Sure. Yeah. And I would be, you know, rude for me not to mention that there's been a lot of people that have helped me get to this level. Um, and I appreciate every one of them from our director to our choreographer, to our music producer, assistant coaches. Mm -hmm. So, and the athletes themselves, they have really in, uh, trusted and taken on the, uh, duty that I've asked them to do. And so, but it, it does take a lot. We start um, in May is our tryouts. And so when I'm making the team, I'm looking for those um, talented individuals, but also the team chemistry, you know, how do, how well do they work together and all that type of stuff. And so that's important for me. And then we go through our summer practices. June is for co-ed. We have a week long practices there. And then all girl comes in July. And so working there, just preparing and getting the squads ready for game day. Um, it, a lot of times it's a trial and error to see who stunts well with each other. Um, you know, sometimes the timing is just a little bit different, so they need a different partner. And so we kind of switch around, do different skills. Um, and then a lot of it's just the training, getting ready, making sure we're all at the same level that we need to be at. Um, so that's what the summer practices are there for. And then come August, the students report a week before school starts, um, and we go through another week-long series of preparation. A lot of our first focus is game day. Um, our national team is also our game day team. We don't have two separate teams. Um, and so out of the 27, 20 of those will compete um, okay. on the mat in April at our college national competition. So um, through that, I am looking at um, kind of, okay, who are those elite athletes on this squad? They're all awesome and amazing, talented, but who's that kind of really standing out? Mm -hmm. What partnership is working? What tumbling skills 
are really kind of shining and taking development and building that routine um, is always on the back of my mind, even during that game day preparation. Right. So, uh, like I said, trial and error, get the student input, kind of what do they want? What skills are they kind of looking at, thinking about? Um, because essentially they're going to be competing. And so I want to make sure that they buy into that routine and um, what skill elements they do, they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll talk about the score sheet in a little bit, kind of what goes into developing that. But okay. then we go into first part of the fall semester. Again, our first focus is the game day preparation uh, because it's here now. And so I want to make sure that they are ready to go. Um, all the timeouts, all the you know things that we do on the sidelines are ready to go. In, but within that, those practices, we set aside some national development time. And so it takes pretty much all year um, to develop that. My goal each year is to have all the sections set. In the routine, there's eight different judging sections that we have. Hmm. And so different skill sets. We have standing tumbling. We have the running tumbling piece. Um, We have our opening stunt, a team stunt. And then um, the elite stunts. And within each of these different ones do different things. Some of them do multiple sections of that, but the elite stunts, we have the basket tosses, pyramids, jumps, and dance. And so within all that, um, just working up what skills do we want, who's kind of shining and progressing at the rate that we need that. Mm-hmm. But we our goal each year is to have it set by the Thanksgiving break. Okay. Um, that way we know what to work on over the holiday because we give them um, technically all of December off um, from our normal practices because the school is out and we don't want practice during the finals and all that. Right. Um, We do cover holiday games. So I'll see them periodically throughout December. Um, But when we come back in January, that's when it's heavy national preparation time. Um, By that point, I trust them to make sure they have all their game day stuff ready. And so we'll review it here and there, but really our focus then turns to developing what the squad needs for nationals. We have our choreographer come in, um, and that's when we'll set the routine. Um, And so what we mean by that is we'll um, put all the sections together, make sure it all flows nicely. Yeah, formations um, in cheer, something the general public may not know is that we try not to have one person start on the right side of the mat, and then the next thing you know, they're on the left side. We try to keep them on the mat, and you don't want to cross center if you don't have to, Hmm, unless it's a synchronized pass or meaningful purpose to do that. Right, right. And so there's a lot of moving parts. It's a moving puzzle, if you will, when you develop the routine. Um, So we do that starting January, um, break sections down, we'll run it multiple times, and then come March... That's kind of our final last-minute call uh, for any changes, adjustments. Um, We have our music um, set to that routine. So we have a producer, um, Adelina, Georgia, that makes the music for the routine. Um, We'll send them videos and the eight-count sheets. In cheerleading, everything is based on eight counts. And so um, everything has a movement on a certain count, all that stuff. And so Hmm. they'll add voiceovers and sound effects and make it what cheer music is today. Um, and then we have a couple of weeks of practice with that. And then it's showtime. Um, we have a couple of showcases and open practices at the end of March. Um, and then the first of April 
is competition. And this competition, the next one's coming up, is April 7th through 11th of 2020 in Daytona Beach. Each year, um, the company that we compete with is NCA. Okay. Uh, and their competition's always held at Daytona Beach. Okay. I, I thought that's where you'd been in the past. I didn't mm-hmm. know if it moved around or... That's a good backdrop right there. That's not a bad place to be. <laughs> yeah. Except for the other day when the uh, hurricane was coming, you know, what they thought was coming towards Florida. Yeah. And they mentioned Daytona Beach. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't, but don't mess with our stage. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's an <laughs> uh, element that we uh, have to consider as well, too, because, um, you know, Florida is obviously, you never know what the weather is going to be, just kind of like West Texas. Um, but right. day one, our prelim day is inside. And so it's more controlled environment. Um, we're kind of an event center. Um, and then day two, pending the weather cooperation, we go outside. And so that brings a whole different element of things that you have to uh, take into account and adjust on the fly with, essentially. Um, but we do. We practice during that spring break week. Um, it's great time for um, us to really just focus on the routine, but we will go outside. Um, you know, And that's always good because in West Texas, March, sometimes you have the winds. <laughs> Well, sometimes <laughs> yeah. you have the winds in April in Daytona, you know, coming off the beach. And so it's good pre- practice for Especially us. Especially off the beach, yeah. I can imagine if you if you can get through it in Lubbock, Texas on those windy days, you're probably pretty golden. That's right, <laughs> yes. Uh, several years ago, um, we have a picture of in the stunts. The girls' ponytail were like basically straight out from the side of their head. Oh my you know, gosh. that's how hard the wind was blowing. But you know what? We held it and other teams didn't because we got that opportunity to practice. That's right. You take everything and see as an opportunity. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I'm really glad that you're visiting with us today. I'm, I was so excited to speak with you because I don't think that the public in general who haven't experienced um, being around cheer and, and spirit organizations understand the detail that goes into everything. I mean, I mean, just including something as simple as, you know, the stunts are different in the different elements that you're in. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really glad that you're able to be on with us and talk us through all of those different things. And so, well, so obviously with the, the music and the choreography, there's probably some parameters, some time limits, some rules that are in place there. Would you walk through briefly what those are? Sure. Yeah. The routine itself is two minutes and 15 seconds. Okay. And so you cram those eight sections in 48 counts into two minutes and 15 seconds. Okay. Um, And what we are judged on is execution and level of difficulty. And so my job is to make sure within our, we get a rubric. And so with every one of those sections, it tells you okay, what is a 4.5 to 5? And that's our target range. Okay, Everything has to be in that top target because after that, anything below, we don't look at it. We're not in that level. We want to always maximize everything. That 4.5 range and to 5 is what we want. I make sure that our difficulty is going to hit that. Right. Then it becomes up to the students on how well they execute it. And that's something that we talk about from day one. Execute clean. Execute together. Um, you know, just like you want your defense to always tackle and do things a certain way that we want that same thing in cheerleading too. So, um, two minutes and 15 second total routine time. We do have music guidelines with all the, um, music industry and rules and changes with that, um, work well with our music producer, um, to make sure that we're within those guidelines. But first and foremost, we want it to be entertainment, um, family environment, to where we um, obviously, you know, don't want crazy songs and lyrics and things like that out there right. because essentially we are representing Texas Tech and that's the image that we want. 
you know, a positive image for that too. So, um, and then within this rubric, um, there's certain things that you can and cannot do skill wise, difficulty, things like that. And that's been adjusted over the years. Um, cheerleading is not an NCAA sport. We're not regulated by the NCAA, okay. which has its pros and cons. Right. Um, and so, but what we're um, governed by is USA Cheer. It's an organization um, that produces the rules. And then with each one of those rules, there's two major companies. Um, NCA is the one that we compete with. And then there's a UCA. Um, and so that's, um, it, it's basically like if you had the Big 12 and the SEC. Okay. You know, just kind of, we're doing the same sport, but it's just a little bit different of how you do it. Um, it's kind of give kind of a comparison to everybody kind of know what they're talking about there, but we're in CA. And so that's, um, we have a game day section of the routine that's done the day one during prelims. And there's a 45 second, um, game day performance. And so that's kind of a cheer and a chant, um, limited stunts, things like that, because what they want to see you lead the crowd, hence the name cheerleading, you know, sure. see how good you are at that. How can you fire up the crowd? How can you get them into it? Uh, just sure. how do they interact with you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we go into the skill routine itself, which is a whole new beast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's, it's a fun challenge. Like I said, it's a moving puzzle. Um, things change, you know, it just like other sports, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you have injuries to where, right. um, you have those alternates. You got to be ready at all times mm -hmm. to step up. And, um, that's something that, Several years ago, we did a John Wooden uh, study, hmm. you know, and so that's what I try to tell the squad. My philosophy is always be ready to be at your best for the team. You know, you never know when you're going to have to be called on to step up and take that challenge. Um, you know, and it's not about one individual person. It's about the whole team, but more so it's about this university and the program um, that we built up. Absolutely. That's the whole the whole point in a team is everybody be ready whenever their time is called. Right. So Bruce, we talked a lot about the co-ed squad and the and all of the components that go into that. Let's turn the page to the the all-girl squad and the components that have to go into that every day. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Like the co-ed, um, the all-girl squad, um, you know, they practice. Their competition's a little bit different. Um, there is an all-girl competition within kind of what the co-ed squad does at that competition in April. Mm -hmm. um, but for where our program is, we found a different route um, that gives them the uh, opportunity to compete. And they compete in what's called stunt. Um, yes, it stunt is one skill element, but how this program and competition is um, designed is it also incorporates jumps and pyramids and tumbling, things like that. Um, but it's just called stunt. And so they compete um, in their nationals is in May. And so they are with USA cheer trying to get this into a uh, division one NCAA regulated sport at some point, there's a lot of groundwork going on um, and getting that stunt at, recognized as a sport um, because mm -hmm. it's, it'll be set up like a uh, basketball game to where we have four quarters. Um, we compete head to head against another team. Hmm. Uh, and so it, it's really new, um, this is going to be our fourth year to compete in this, um, but the stunt itself is only seven years old. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so it, it's new and it's um, a lot of different strategies and um, ways of doing things, but it boils down to the same 
skill element and same components that the co-ed squad has, but it's just for all female cheerleaders. Now, do they compete at the same time at the same location or is this completely different? It's completely separate. Okay. Um, And it's kind of like the basketball final four where it rotates around. Okay. Um, Last year's nationals was in Oklahoma at the university of Oklahoma. Um, The year before it was at Michigan state. Hmm. Um, And so, and the year before that it was at SMU. And um, we're going to be working towards uh, getting, once the Womble Basketball uh, Center is built, right. um, which is outstanding size, just driving by it every morning, I'm like, holy cow, that's huge. <laughs> but once that gets built and the arena kind of opens up a little bit more, and um, we do hope to put in a bid to host the Stunt Nationals. That'd be great. You know, just to give uh, Lubbock and West Texas and Texas Tech that opportunity on the national stage uh, to host that. Um, but that'll be several years later, but... Um, yeah, for the all girl, they work, um, you know, hard and they're doing the same skills as co-ed, but they're just all girls. And so, uh, it's really fascinating to watch and, um, had fun learning this new competition. And so since I'm with both squads, this is also one we did it to give me the opportunity to really focus on both. Right. And so every other day I'm with the squad. And so, um, it's opportunity for me to focus and still train them at the same time over the year. But then their nationals is just a little bit staggered. Right. Well, that's good. That way you can be at both places instead of two places at once. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, Unlike last year's with the Final Four and our um, co-ed nationals the exact same time, that was a little bit of a challenge. I bet. But a fun one and very worthy of doing it. Awesome. And that would be neat to have something like that hosted on the new facility. What a, what a neat way to highlight the program and also the, the new facilities and kind of showcase what Texas Tech has to offer. So absolutely great opportunity there. So. Obviously, I, I heard you talk about that you were you worked at with the, as a coach of the Palm Squad before. Um, that is now separated out. Is that correct because of the size? Right. Yes. Okay. We have a, a separate Palm, Co- Palm Squad coach. Um, we're under the same umbrella. So Stephanie, our program director, mm-hmm. um, is our both bosses. So I have a, a Palm Squad coach um, that is same level as me that we both report to Stephanie. Okay. Gotcha. So how do you all work together in these competitions and obviously coordinating everything on the field that that's a lot of work to make sure that you guys are working in tandem. Sure. Yeah. And we're in office um, suite together. And so we're constantly talking and developing things uh, together, but a lot of it just logistics and scheduling and kind of making sure that what one squad does complements the other. Mm-hmm. Um, we never want to be, you know, okay, are y'all not the same program? You know, we never want that uh, to the fans. And so uh, what they do, what the Palm Squad does, you know, we can easily match um, just skill-wise and performance aspect. Things come together because we do perform together for Raider Alley. You know, all our spirit program is out there, which encompasses about 80 students. Um, And so we all work together then. But then in competition, we do. Our squad members, the cheerleaders, they do – we go and watch the Palm Squad. Mm-hmm. They're at the same ven- or location, just right. separate venues. And uh, depending schedules, uh, sometimes we're in warm-up when they compete. And so we're, you know, getting text messages and stuff from family and friends, you know, to keep everybody updated. But right. very supportive of each other. Um, the Palm Squad does a great job. Um, and then obviously very proud of what the cheerleaders do, too. Uh, two great success stories. Both of them have had great several years. And so also in the mix of all of this, not that you don't have enough to do, but you're also helping with Raider Red and the mascots. Tell me a little bit about how that goes into your day. Sure. Yeah. A lot of what um, with the Raider Red program is that 
Um, we do a lot of public appearances um, for them as well. Uh, last year, they did over 300 wow. um, public appearances. And this week alone, we did about uh, 10 elementary schools. Oh, man. Uh, it's all college career week. And so, um, and that's something that it's important for us to give back to the community and represent tech in that component too. So a lot of Raider Reds, my job with that is to just coordinate uh, the schedules um, and get, I get all the appearance requests and then I meet with them each week. We have a team of four students um, that serve as Raider Red. Um, I don't know if many people knew that, but no. uh, you'll only see one Raider Red in costume, unlike other universities that have two costume mascots on the field together. Um, always, we'll just always have the one. Okay. In 2005, uh, the Center for Campus Life and the Spirit Program with the Saddle Tramps and High Riders merged Raider Red under us. It Great. used to just be a Saddle Tramp ran program. I remember that, yeah. Funding, schedules, all that type of stuff, and just the need and how we could grow that program as well. Um, they saw the need and brought it under Campus Life under our Spirit Program and started managing that. And so at that time, that's when we expanded to the four students. Um, high Riders, members of High Riders and Saddle Tramps both serve as Raider Red okay. um, throughout the year. So they still are keeping that tradition of one of them being the mascot, but it's still it's just under you now. Right. Okay. Yes. Well, that's neat. We have tryouts for that. It's just open to Saddle Tramps and High Rider students. And I remember the history that the Saddle Tramps had with that, still keeping some of that tradition there. So that's pretty neat. Absolutely. Yeah, very and cool. And that's very important to us, just even across with Cheer and Palm, just how our image is. You know, we kind of have what we call the tech look. Right. You know, and that's how we dress and look and just from our uniforms to how we look at game days. You know, that's very important to us uh, to keep that history and tradition going. Definitely a distinct image too. Yes. <laughs> well, Bruce, I appreciate the information on, on both the, the, the co-ed and the, and the all-female cheer team. I appreciate the information on the mascots and how that tradition's carrying forward. Sure. Congratulations on all your success as well. You were also voted National Coach of the Year for Stunt. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, 2018, I was, was awarded that. Complete surprise by it, um, shocked by it, but very honored to have that award. Congratulations. Well, thank you. God loves surprises that way. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Well, I tell you what, I've got another little group of questions. If you don't mind playing along with me. Sure. So I have okay. five quick questions that are related to Tech or Lubbock that I would just like a, a quick answer on each one. It's something that we haven't done in our podcast yet, but I would like to start this going forward, especially with folks who are in Lubbock and on the campus there. So you willing to play? I will try my best. Yes, awesome. Let's okay. <laughs> All right. First one. If you were going to give a tour to a person who had never been to Tech, where is the first place you would take them? I would probably take them around Will Rogers. Oh, yes. That's one of my favorite places on campus. Oh, yes. Especially especially game day. There's nothing like it. Exactly. Awesome. What is your favorite building on the campus? Oh, good question. Um, Jones Stadium. Of course. Okay, so here's a good one for you. Who do you consider as Tech's biggest rival? Which sport? <laughs> Cheer-wise? or How about for your – yeah, let's do for cheer. Who okay. do you think is your biggest rival in cheer? Um, we kind of have two um, – University of Louisville and Oklahoma State okay. um, are two main ones. I think more so um, people would put Louisville as our first and then Oklahoma State, obviously a respected second okay. big rival. Very good. Very good. That's what's going to be fun about this because everybody's going to have a different rival in different sports. So, right. Uh, so who do you consider to be your favorite professor or mentor at Tech? 
several people that I look up to. Um, I, I, first one that came to mind was our spirit program director, Stephanie. Okay. Um, she's real. we've been together. We started together. My first year as a student was her first year. Um, and we've together grown the program, um, share the same vision and values. And so, um, she's taught a lot, she taught me a lot and been a great support over the years. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Last and final question. Where is your favorite place to eat in Lubbock? Market Street. <laughs> I know that's kind of crazy, but there's salad bar and dessert. I mean, you got everything you want. You got a salad bar, you can go to pizza, you can go to, you know, chicken to whatever you want, and then you get dessert. So you can't go wrong with a good dessert. That's, that's the total package. Why exactly. not? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that answer. I love it. Yeah. I could go there. Well, sometimes I do they go there every day, which is kind of sad. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't cook. And so Market Street is a good option. And there's, you know, several locations around <laughs> right. the city. So. If you want to change the scenery, you're there, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Bruce, thank you so much. This is Coach Bruce Bills at Cheerleading, the mascot, and and the stunt coach. And thank you so much for being part of this episode today. I've had so much fun talking to you. I can't wait to to continue to cheer on, no pun intended, your success and the team's success. And uh, you're you're always welcome to jump on and be part of the group with us. And I really just hope that we've been able to, to get a large audience to listen to the effort and the and the the will and the and the and the just the, the drive it takes to be in a successful organization such as y'all's. So congratulations on all of y'all's success. Well, thank you. And I can't wait to see what happens this year. Exactly. Thank you very much, and appreciate you for reaching out and inviting me on here. And thank you for all your support and kind words. And uh, looking forward to another exciting athletic year and then cheer year as well. Absolutely. Um, as we gear up and get ready for next competition and the next football game and basketball coming up again. Absolutely. And I got to hear a good Reckham Tech from you now. Of course, Reckham Tech. There you go. And again, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Guns Up Nation podcast. Lots going on in the future. We still have the Pick 5 Challenge that we're doing, the the weekly five uh, college football games that you can pick from. We'll have our sports previews and, and comments on each one of the games that are coming out. We do also have some really neat guests that are going to be coming on. We have a really interesting fan, a fearless fan that is going to be coming from Sydney, Australia that's going to be interviewing and talking to us. We also have uh, Dr. Dr. Ethan Logan, who is the Vice President for Admissions, it's going to be telling us about the record admissions that we've had this year. So a lot lined up for the future and, and then some beyond that. So can't wait to continue this, this uh, podcast and these episodes and bring you some neat content. But as always, we love your feedback. Please let us know if there's anything you would like us to cover. We cannot wait to share and learn all of the things along with each of you listening. Thank you for your support, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Reckham. Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the fan page administrators, podcast hosts, and fans, and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. We are proud to support Texas Tech, its students, alumni, and fans.